Welcome to the first episode of The Scarlet Project. This is a show about the slimy underbelly of American colleges and universities, the predators that thrive there, and the administrations that tolerate them. I'm your host, Tom Hopkins, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Ryan. Say hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me, Tom. Hello. Uh, Hi, everybody. Since this is our first episode, I want to tell our audience about ourselves and what we aim to do with this podcast. If you would like to start us off, that would be great. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I remember when you first reached out to me just about the idea for this podcast. I think it's, we both agreed it's just one that needs reporting and for some reason doesn't get any. Um, uh, I know it's something we came across when we were actually in college many a times and uh, just since leaving it, it's maybe even increased even more. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get these stories out, make more people aware of them. Um, we both come from, I also come from a journalism background, um, straight away from it for a while, but I think this uh, example of journalism is so necessary and not present, and I'm excited to you know, be a part of it. I am glad to have you here with me, buddy. Uh, as for me, I am a, should I even say where I went to school? <laughs> you got me. That's, like... what I was, that's what I was like. <laughs> All right. I'll just say, as for me, I am also, I also come from a journalism background. Um, I was a photographer after college. I was a photographer at an Ohio news station while I was working there. I also began working on my own independent investigative work that I was publishing through a blog um, before landing a um, investigative reporter position at a outlet in Connecticut, um, which I am no longer with. The inspiration for this podcast was taken from the work I've done on this topic and seeing the ways that universities handled or mishandled complaints of sexual assault, misconduct, what have you. While doing this work, I became of the belief that stories like this could be told every day without ever running out. Both Ryan and I agreed that while the epidemic of sexual violence on campuses is well known, you don't really see too much about it in the news anymore. And that's a void we're going to be attempting to fill with this podcast. With all that being said, we just want to note that other issues on college campuses are not off the table. I know one thing I really want to talk about um, is uh, Title IX issues which kind of go hand in hand with what we're talking about here and um ryan would you like to add anything else yeah i mean uh those obviously like you said are going to be two of the biggest things we talk about but uh as we'll get into you know towards the end of the program uh we are open to suggestions as well with issues on college campuses today you know obviously as neither of us are on american college campuses right now there's probably more stuff we don't know. Um, so, I mean, the issues are there that we want to discuss, but there, there's many more. They're never ending, really. Right. I mean, right now we're seeing, you know, a crackdown on freedom of speech on college campuses in relation to uh, Palestine and what's going on there. And right. this, for just a note, this is being pre-recorded. So this is being recorded in November but you know, probably not going to be released until the first of the year. But there'll yeah, be these, hopefully these are, not too many more yeah. crazy things, but there will be. So yeah. Uh, so all right. 
without further ado, let's get into the show. Daniel Tauber. He served as the program director of Capital Community College's paramedic program from August 2018 to April 2022, but was still an employee on paper there for a whole other year until January uh, 2023. So very recently. Altogether, he was an employee at Capital Community College for almost 28 years. In his role as a program director, according to this investigative report, Tauber had the ultimate authority on students passing or failing the program and being eligible to take the state and national EMS certification um, certification tests and examinations. This is extremely important in, in understanding the events Ryan is about to uh, describe in a minute. Additionally, Tauber also had the authority to take disciplinary action towards students and served as an advisor and tutor to all students in his program. So another thing we saw in the report is uh, Redacted sending him an email documenting their relationship and alleging in said email that she engaged in the relationship, which was personal, romantic, or dating. Um out of fear, as we talked about already, he is the sole decision maker for potential discipline uh, for this entire program, as far as any sort of termination from it or whatever. And uh, this goes back to the fact that the person involved in this relationship had falsified a time card, um, something that is not an uncommon thing. You hear it quite often, especially I can't obviously speak to the clinical placement but uh, because of the falsified time card, Redacted was concerned about getting in trouble. The only person who could potentially get her in trouble and decide how much trouble they were in was Tauber. So as we see in the emails, they basically get in a relationship to stay out of trouble. Right. And from her perspective, she was probably fearful that she could just get kicked out of the program straight up and whatever she did i think it and i'm just speculating here but tauber you know has that power position where right you know we see for whatever reason he's buying gifts for these students whatever what was she pressured into this relationship she herself says yes right and it's not hard to see why she would think that why she would feel that way right he is the lone person in charge. Right. Complete total control. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, do you want to get into, um, I guess, the allegations uh, made against him by the student? Yeah, of course. So um, on uh, February 16th, 2021, 
it was alleged that Tauber uh, admired a piece of jewelry um, of, of a student and then admired other things that he said would get him in trouble. Uh, the second half of which is important that was overheard and confirmed by another witness that was not uh, the anonymous person of this accused crime. Right. And it is, a, again, important this person wanted to re remain anonymous because of fear of any sort of retaliation by Tauber. Again, a thing we see time and time again with this. Um, and then, you know, after later on, we go into that. After that first complaint, we see right after that he had an unprofessional affair with a student um this was according to tauber one that led to his divorce um this student he bought gifts for and made down payments on two different cars paid money for one car and signed co-signed on another car mm -hmm. um and this also led to one of the more critical parts of this complaint which was the rumors about said affair um so and i have the quote right here uh that tauber apparently on multiple witnesses accounts said to a group um of his peers and uh <laughs> i'm forgetting the word but people he had disciplinary power over um the, the students in the program the, correct so uh tauber met with a group of students in the program who he, as we mentioned before, has disciplinary power over, final say on many things in the program, and says, there's a lot of rumors going around about me. There's a lot of you running your mouths. Just so you know, I will not tolerate it. And if you talk behind my back, I'm going to kick you out of the program under the professionalism clause in the student handbook. And that's, end quote, no ifs, ands, or maybes. He's making a direct threat based on completely unprofessional bounds of rumors swirling around about him having an affair with a current student in the program and is threatening anyone that he will kick them out and has any sort of reasonability, any sort of reason to do it, which right. is just crazy. Yeah, you know, and he denies this later on. He states that, uh, you know, he doesn't recall he. Uh, making such comments um but it was backed up by four separate witnesses that he had made those comments and it's just a pretty crazy thing to do <laughs> you know on top of having an inappropriate relationship with a student you're essentially bl blackmailing um and buying all these gifts for what was it it was um four thousand dollars towards a jeep right and then he co-signed on a for a wrx a subaru wrx I believe it was 200 or so dollars spent on Amazon mm -hmm. gifts. Right. Oh, here it is. Here it is. On May 27th, um, 2020, Tauber purchased a $717 car part for the Subaru WRX. Yeah. And then, you know, made eight Amazon purchases totaling $242 tracked from his work to his work email and sent to the student he was in the inappropriate relationship with. So, and then after that, you know, people are talking about this because, I mean, I guess it wasn't a very well-kept secret. And then he brings them all together and threatens to kick them out of the program. He knew he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. And then when people started talking, he's like, oh, shit, I can't let this get out. Oh, by the way, his wife also worked there. 
Right. She was an administrator for Capital Community College. I'm not sure if she still works there. Um, I do. I did manage to find her name. I'm obviously not going to say it on here because it's not really a reason to. But yeah. And she actually also was questioned by investigators because she posted on Facebook Quote, apparently when the whore thinks she's losing her cash cow and has lost her boyfriend because, quote, he gave me his dog, end quote, instead of, so it's like in quotes, you know, uh, like scare quotes, instead of the possibility that she stole it, she goes back to the cash cow with pictures of things she wants, but does she doesn't ask for them. She just puts the thought in his head. Leave my family alone, redacted. You've done enough destruction. So she was questioned by the investigators uh, of this report about that and she said it was about something totally unrelated in regards to something with her brother and i don't know some nonsense and you know obviously was found to be a lie by the investigators because it's just completely not believable and so she gets pulled into the whole thing unfortunately for you know her and her family that they had to go through this because this dude's a fucking pig and, you know, then she, whatever, feels compelled to lie to, for him for some reason. But, yeah, I guess roped into this. It's pretty, uh, I mean, how embarrassing must that have been for her? Yeah, to just be involved in this in any regard, mm -hmm. uh, let alone having to be called out on it. I mean, when it when it gets to the point where you're posting about it on Facebook, you know, you're probably in too deep with this problem. Um, right, exactly not a good sign right so i just want to clear something up about his uh now ex-wife's facebook post where she was talking about the dog apparently there was some drama between the redacted girl uh her and her boyfriend where they had a disagreement over the ownership of the dog and i guess like she stole the dog maybe i don't really know but whatever i just wanted to clarify that for the listener we don't really have any idea what that's about either to be honest because that's not really addressed in this report <laughs> anyway okay so getting into his uh email infractions using his work email to do things he was not permitted to do so he conducted non-work related business on his Capital Community College email account, including but not limited to sending photos of the student he was seeing from his personal email to his work email. One such image included her in lingerie. He sent three links related to escort services from his personal email to his work email. <laughs> sending the link sugardaddyforme.com and then the rest is redacted. So I don't know if that's a specific profile of somebody's or his own profile. I'm not sure. Um, but sent that to himself. Sending. Okay, this is this is ridiculous. Sending student personal identifiable information from his personal email to his work email, including documents with social security numbers and birth dates. And making mm. <laughs> and making personal purchases you know, from Amazon, whatever, the Subaru part. And blind carbon, so CC'd, uh, I don't know, it says redacted here. Uh, so CC'd somebody on the emails containing other student information that would otherwise be 
<laughs> protected under FERPA, which is a federal law that protects student information from being um, public in any way. So you know. he he just checked every single box you could as far as like ways you could mess up things right. you should not do on a company email right rules you can be breaking on yeah. a company email it's pretty ridiculous it's it's insane really because why are you sending things from your personal email to your work email you already have it on your email right i'm not quite sure what the uh rationale behind that was but and like is he not aware that his email is public <laughs> record like that's were, that's the part that's the most confusing. He denies everything basically in this report multiple times until mm -hmm. it's literally brought forth to him like the screenshots of his emails and he's like, "Oh, okay." Oh yeah, I did. Like, yeah. What? I it's just it's clownery. Like it's just ridiculous. You know, you or I could FOI those because they're public record. Right. And he has to be aware of that. But I don't know. He's feeling pretty cocky, I guess. He's literally sexting on his emails as well. It gets into later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is that? Um, uh, Later on, it goes, uh, Tauber wrote to Redacted, uh, via his work email, I miss you on January 5th, 2020, and I can't wait to be with you in person on January 6th. In response to the email, uh, Redacted or in response to the email, I can't wait to be with you in person. Redacted sent a picture of a bare upper thigh and side buttocks. So, right. if it wasn't enough that he's already, you know, incriminating himself with all these other things, he's also just blatantly sexting on his work email. Right. Where, you know, his work place obviously has access to those. Yeah. We have access to those if we wanted to, we could right. easily. Um, request those but i'm not gonna waste my time doing that mm. but um it would take like so long to get those back <laughs> and anyways i don't want to know yeah i really don't getting into uh let's get into the lying to investigators section of this um <laughs> it's, it's a great part right you know so if anybody was wondering you know well what about his side of the story maybe fuck that don't you worry Right. We got it here. Credibility assessment is what this says in the report. So the investigators find that Tauber was less than truthful, truthful during each of his three investigative interviews. In all three interviews, he denied giving money and or gifts to Redacted until presented with specific evidence to the contrary. Only when presented did he admit to such conduct. He was also unable to speak to eight separate Amazon purchases totaling $242 sent to Redacted in between March and or January and March 2020 while she was a student. So she was a student. She wasn't a former student. This is completely inappropriate and, you know, barred by any sort of um workplace conduct code that any uh, way you look at it with what we are the information already there is, right is already beyond what you should be doing right so those purchases happened while she was a student however he could recall items starting in may 2020 after she graduated from the paramedics program so he was trying to be slick and be like oh anything i bought for her was after she already graduated but yeah. I, obviously the, these investigators found 
that there were several purchases while she was still a student, which he was going to act like didn't happen until he was presented with the evidence. Oh, okay. So this one's great. Additionally, during the investigative process, Tauber asserted that he did not co-sign a loan while redacted was a student. Tauber was asked to provide this documentation during the April 1st, 2020 interview and was asked to send this information by April 9th, 2021. Oh, shit. So he had a whole year to send this information <laughs> to investigators, which I got to it can't be that hard to not prove that you're not co-signed on a lease for somebody. Right. Um, so we had a whole year to do this. He never provided any documentation. But the funniest part about all of this is after Tauber received that email from the redacted student that documented their relationship and said she only engaged in it because uh, she was afraid of being terminated from the program. His re his reply to her email was, I would like to be removed from your car loan and the $4,000 I gave you for the Jeep. So he can't he, say for sure. Right. Can't say for sure if he's lying or not. But yeah. So that's that. Okay. So into the last part of this report, the conclusions and recommendations section. In this section, the investigators pretty much just lay out all of the um, behaviors that Daniel Tauber engaged in that violated policies and laws. Starting with the Connecticut State Colleges and University University System Sexual Misconduct Reporting Supportive Measures and Processes Policy. It's a mouthful. Uh, next up, we have Connecticut Community College's policy against sexual harassment. He violated Connecticut State Colleges and University Systems Code of Conduct, consensual relationship policy, the Board of Regents Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, FERPA, uh, notice and directory information policy, the CSCU IT acceptable computer use policy, the CSCU Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, FERPA, Notice and Directory Information Policy, Board of Trustees Policy Manual, Section 2.13, Policy on Violence Prevention and Response. So just a whole shitload of things he did broke pretty much. So what is that, eight? Broke eight university policies. Um. As for recommendations, there actually aren't any. The report was just forwarded to the next level of administration for the appropriate handling of this case. Now, and go ahead. One note they did put in there as well is uh, as the program director, his actions related in the relationship with Redacted more likely than not jeopardize the reputation of the entire CCC paramedic program. Uh, after being directed during each investigative interview, the evidence suggests that Tauber was less than truthful in his version of these events. And that's their most polite way of saying, again, he jeopardized the entire reputation of this program by the actions of what he did and by lying, basically. Mm -hmm. Which is why they tend not to um, admit these things ever happen or not admit, but... 
that's why they don't like to talk about it. Right. (laughs) And that's why they do what we're about to get into next. Because if you thought his behavior and lying and all the things he did were disgusting, just wait until you see what the university, uh, what they came up with as a fitting end to his uh, employment there. All right. So uh, obviously we just went over all the violations that Tauber committed and uh, to no one's surprise, he got fired. Um, But one thing that we're going to see going forward on the show a lot is uh, the teachers unions and just how powerful they are. Uh, We support unions in a lot of ways, but uh, in these examples, we see a lot. Tauber got fired um, and his union protested it. and they because they grievance. filed a grievance, yeah, filed a grievance, uh, which then led to this agreement, um, one which that we foiled. Uh, so to go into the specifics, Tabor was fired on August 20th, 2021. Um, but then in an agreement that was signed on March 24th of the next year, 2022, uh, it was agreed that Tabor would be reinstatement reinstated with back pay dating back to august 20th 2021 the date of his original firing um while administratively reinstated the parties affirm and agree that tomber shall not report back to ccc or have any responsibilities as a result of this reinstatement unless otherwise directed so basically he's getting you know the money that he quote unquote lost while this was all taking place back to him you know pro bono from when he got fired and he is not being told to do anything he's being paid to do nothing right when when they say administrative reinstatement that's just on paper they don't want him actually coming back to the school they don't want him actually teaching courses or having any interaction with the students he's only an employee on paper which just means he's getting paid to do nothing he's not getting his job back he's not getting back in the classroom which I think is what some people might get confused here is that, oh, he and there's other cases, too, where, yeah, people will get hired back in other places. But in this case, no, he's he's literally just being paid to not be talked about, basically. To sit at home, basically. Right. And so uh, Tauber signs this deal, which, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, a backdoor shady sort of thing um, on the agreement that he will resign and retire effective on January 1st, 2023. So this is their way of just quiet firing, I guess you could say for today. Uh, And when people talk about quiet quitting, it's really just these uh, huge institutions, quiet firing these people to not make a huge story of it. And we see it time and time again. This is a classic example of that. So he is going to get back pay for, so what's the time in between that August 20th, 2021 until january 1st 2023 it's like a year and four months yeah to Um, get paid to do absolutely nothing right because he clearly violated more than eight policies right which is insane to me because i've gotten fired from jobs for a lot less than that and i didn't get any i didn't get any deal (laughs) you know like i feel like i've lost paychecks before oh absolutely Absolutely. So that's that was their that was their way of handling this situation, which I I do not understand. There's no way. I mean, I guess I don't really know, but I feel like there's no way. So the union files a grievance, right? 
by the way, Ryan and I, very pro union. Totally. But not when it Nine comes times to out of 10. not when it comes to getting sexual fucking weird offender people their jobs back working amongst students they have power over. Or we're, just we're, getting them any sort of any sort of win, money, right. anything, really. Yeah, we're not about that. Yeah. So but I don't understand how okay, let's say this goes into an arbitration or something. There's no fucking way he wins this case. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's just, no I way. I feel like they, they these universities just set a president by like president by just agreeing to stuff. Right. And from that point on, they're just like, yeah, we're just not even going to try. Right. And it doesn't make any sense. Like they're supposed to be these powerful institutions and it it doesn't happen. It doesn't work. Right. So he like like we said, he gets administratively reinstated from August 20, 20th, 2021, all the way to January 1st, 2023. And I did the math on how much money they gave him for free. And it comes to $172,000 for not working. It's actually $172,463 um, for not working. And I think that's more money I've ever made <laughs> minimum yeah. wage my entire life. Probably, probably. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how um, that's a punishment in any sort of way. It seems like they're rewarding him for awful behavior. But that's not even the end of it. Additionally, and this is fucked up, CCC Capital Community College agrees to this is in this is in the stipulated agreement between the college, the union, and Tauber to quote place any documents pertaining to Tauber's termination of employment in a separate in a file separate from the personnel file. So if he was trying to get a job somewhere else and the college or whatever wanted to do their due diligence on him, they could, like we did, essentially, FOI his personnel file because that's public record. But they agree here to put it somewhere else. So if, you know, another place of employment tries to get it, this report that we just read that includes all his misdeeds would not be in there. So they are very blatantly covering up what he did, like agreeing to just sweep this under the rug, make sure no one ever sees it. And on top of that, they also, the parties affirm and agree that Tauber will direct any inquiries about his employment to Dr. G. Duncan Harris or any, or any successor and that CCC will direct Dr. Harris or any successor to respond to such inquiries only by confirming Tauber's data, dates of employment. So they're agreeing to pretty much never speak of this. And, and it sounds crazy. Like you think people can never get a job after this and like whatever. Like if this story isn't in the news, if, if this isn't the first thing you see when you Google something. Like, yeah, if you're calling his employer and all they can say is, yes, he did work there. How are you supposed to know this if it's not in his personnel file? Like how there's right. no stop gate. There's no gates protecting these people from just repeating. 
Right. And yeah, I mean, I've done like stories like this, you know, many times, but I don't think I've ever seen a more clear example of the university colluding with the, you know, I guess perpetrator, we'll call him in this case, to just sweep it all under the rug. I mean, it's right there in black lettering. You know, we're going to we're going to make sure nobody else knows about this so you could continue working amongst people you have power over and um, can control. Pretty, pretty sick stuff. All right. So to that end. With CCC agreeing to sweep this all under the rug and make sure other employers cannot find out about his uh, misdeeds at CCC. A month after he is administratively reinstated at CCC, he gets a job at Yale New Haven Hospital's Center for EMS as their clinical education coordinator. So that job seems to be very similar to his uh, his position at CCC as the program director. And uh, yeah, so he's been there ever since and was able to get that job because they had no idea and they wouldn't be able to get that file because CCC hit it for him. All's well that ends well. I always say exactly, exactly. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't really know where to go from there. It's awful. Um, yeah. I mean, just absolutely no consequences. I, I mean, arguably he got a better job. He got, he got, he got, almost $200,000 for free and then gets a job at the premier elite private school in Connecticut. It's a famous Yale university. I mean, we keep saying it, but like just the fact that his employer, like, yeah, I'm assuming Yale probably does know about his past. They probably did their homework well enough, but like doubt it. Like, Maybe like maybe they didn't like. There's really no. We can't sure know. Shot. Yeah, like there's chances. Chances are they don't know like those specifics because that's not, you know, public information enough. And Yale probably doesn't give a shit enough to you know, if they were asked about the specifics of this, would do I think they would know? No, I don't. Right. I was I was gonna say like, it's pretty crazy that they put that in the document actually to, uh, you know, put this file like in a separate file from his personnel file, because like, I don't even think employers do that much due diligence, of, like when they hire people. Um, true. But even if they did know, would they have cared? I don't know, but I mean, we'll never know because even if they, even if we questioned, uh, Yale New Haven about this they certainly wouldn't tell us the truth no I did just want to make a point about who signed off on this agreement because I think that's important it's important to I think know... yeah they should be named as well just the same right right exactly they should be named because they they put their name on it they were like this is cool with me totally agree so this agreement um the one that buries this report about um, Tauber's actions, behavior at CCC, and uh, gives him 
gave him almost $200,000 for not fucking working, was signed by Daniel Tauber, of course. Uh, the, um, who the fuck is this? Oh, the president of the uh, Federation of Technical College Teachers Union, which I cannot read his name. It's Dennis something, whatever. And Capital Community College CEO G. Duncan Harris, who still works there, who payroll his uh his annual salary is one hundred eighty four thousand dollars to uh make shitty decisions like this. Nice, good for him. Thanks, Duncan. You're doing great, man. All right, so into our analysis for this case. This, as Ryan mentioned, is um, pretty common what happened here with the investigation happening, finding that Tauber violated a bunch of um, university policies, getting fired, the union getting involved, getting um his job back but then the university essentially just paying him to go away as you will see in upcoming episodes this is not uncommon sadly enough the university itself i mean they were they handled you know up until the point where they gave him his job back and a bunch of money and then i know agreed to bury this whole entire thing you know, they did the right thing, right? You know, they launched an investigation, um, which was relatively quick. I mean, the complaint was filed on March 1st, and the report is dated August 3rd of 2021. So that's pretty quick from what I've seen. I've seen ones that take years, you know? Um, right. So that's good. But, you know, then they uh, kind of... Um, shit the bed in the end there with uh just giving him his job back and a bunch of money and um yeah like we said burying this all and this was not this particular case but what we've seen in these cases is kind of the uh, inspiration for this podcast because it's kind of like a catholic church vibe going on where you know the catholic church they were these priests were getting caught doing what they were doing. And instead of whatever being excommunicated from the church or arrested and charged, they were just moved to another Catholic church where the behavior continued. And this is kind of the same exact thing. They're not being, this is not public. They don't public publicize that. Okay. This guy is getting fired for such and such reason. And in fact, they are intentionally obfuscating that fact from students and um, potential employers. And he goes on to the, the same, a similar position at Yale New Haven um, EMS, um, EMS program. And what's stopping him exactly from repeating the same behavior? What was his, what was his, punishment what was what is going to dissuade him from doing the same thing nothing really happened to him he 
lost his job kind of, but then got it back and all the money he would have been making and then got paid an extra year for not showing up for work. I mean, that's a pretty sweet deal. Like as far as like that goes, I mean, most of us in this world don't get that deal. When we get fired, we get fired and we get walked out and we definitely don't get our jobs back and we definitely don't get back pay. And most of the time anyway. So we definitely don't get a better job. Yeah. And then immediately. So it's, it's even worse because while he's getting these free checks from uh, the state, Connecticut, he's getting another paycheck from Yale on top of it. So he's like getting double the money. I mean, why would he not do it again? There's not really a reason. There's this constant reshuffling and it's just moving pieces around you know all of america really is just these people doing these things like we see um you know i think if you read the reports like we did you read through and you're like oh great like yeah they recognized every single thing he did this is wrong this is wrong glad they finally like you know they recognize this and then you finally get through to the end and see yeah he was fired but then it like tom says and like we'll say a million times over again it doesn't matter because there's some sort of system and the way we have it set up that they're gonna get their back pay and they're gonna just re-enter the system and for really no reason against recommitting and redoing these same things right and that's why it's important for us to talk about this publicly so people know because otherwise, you know, students at Yale, New Haven Hospital, whatever, I guess it's not hospital, but students at Yale, um, the EMS program they there, they have no idea that this guy is a little pervert who might be trying to get into this some sugar sex offender registry. Right. Exactly. There's no there's no like these people don't have to report themselves to to you, the people you love, like whatever. They, you know, they it's a little bit cliche, but they really are around every corner because there's really no way of knowing. Right. And this is a fucking sex crime. Like, right. What he did is a sex crime. Right. He, in a just world, you know, he would have been prosecuted for such a thing and, right. you know, be a little red dot on a fucking map. But because everything fucking sucks, he's not. And he just got a better job. Yeah, it's upsetting. It's hard not to be a pessimist reading <laughs> through some of these, but I think that's part of why it's important we highlight these stories. Yeah, we got a whole slate of episodes that is like this same exact thing happening. Over yeah, and over don't and over worry. Uh, if you hated this, it's not a one-off. <laughs> there's more. But wait, there's more. That concludes this episode of The Scarlet Project. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our DMs are open on our socials. We are at the Scarlet Pod on Twitter and on TikTok, or you can reach us via email at thescarletpod at gmail.com. All right, everyone, stay safe and look out for each other.